You're listening to the Healthy Creative Ministry Podcast with Matt Curtis. This is the podcast that helps you take your creative ministry from wherever you are today to healthy and effective. How can I encourage change to change resistant leaders? You don't have to have served in creative ministry very long to have this question come up. (laughs) This is one that I felt like right out of the gate. My first job, months into this, why doesn't anybody want to embrace change? There's so many opportunities in front of us. Why is it that nobody is interested in this? For me, that sent me down a path that wasn't the best in terms of getting frustrated, getting bitter, uh, in a lot of ways, kind of dismissing leadership as, as maybe these people aren't qualified leaders. So I want to talk about this question and provide what I would consider to be a, a sound answer to this. The, the first thing that I would recommend is to pause a little bit learn about their concerns. So often what I did was respond to their concerns dismissively. Oh, well, that's not a problem. I can't believe that that would be an issue that you would bring up. But as I have been in this space for longer, I actually see how I dodged wisdom over the years in my pursuit of the next great thing. So I would encourage you to to pause for a little bit, take some time and actually listen to their concerns and and get past the shallow level concerns. I remember a conversation I had several years ago at the beginning of Snapchat's initial rise. It was this new platform. You could send a message and then it would vanish. And there was a lot of talk about we need to be on this for student ministries and a lot of talk from leadership about maybe we probably shouldn't be. And I remember it was a really complicated conversation. Do you go with progress or do you go with fear is the way that I had painted the picture. Well, one one of the people on staff made a comment. I don't know if any Christian should even have Snapchat on their phone. I just remember being taken aback. So I pushed a little bit and I said, well, how are we supposed to know how to communicate to those outside the church if we aren't familiar with the tools that they're using at all? And immediately they turned around. You know, that's a great call. I never really thought of it that way. You can use this tool in a way that's not sinful or problematic. And so as long as you guard yourself against those things, yeah, that's a good point. I never thought of it that way. The, the only reason I was able to have that conversation was because I paused long enough to hear their concerns. Now, at the end of it, in case you're curious, we ended up not joining Snapchat as a church because what we believed is that it would actually position the church and the youth pastors against the parents. So if a parent had given their permission to somebody, their, you know, one of their kids to be on Snapchat, fine, that's their call. But if the church is saying, find out more about our event on Snapchat, all of a sudden the kids whose parents didn't feel comfortable with that were no longer being partnered with by the church. And instead we were creating a little bit of a rift that most teens don't need. <laughs> they already have enough things to disagree with their parents on. So that was the line that we landed on. And I felt like that was a wise line for us as an organization. I have no problem with organizations that jumped in. I have no problems with organizations that didn't jump in. But if I didn't take the time to learn about the concerns, then I would not have helped change-resistant leaders move in a positive direction. And then I also wouldn't have been able to understand areas where maybe I'm a little bit eager to move forward in a way we shouldn't. So there's definitely a balancer. We're going to cover that a little bit as the last point here. But learning about the concerns that the leaders have, these resistant leaders that you know are asked about in this question, 
spend the time to listen and to learn about what their concerns actually are. The next thing I would recommend is to actually care about their past experiences. I don't mean to sound all, you know, kind of hippy dippy on this, but oftentimes resistance is actually born from a bad previous experience that someone had, or in some cases that they've heard about. You know, they go to a pastor's meeting and they hear about another pastor who had this problem happen on their staff and they all of a sudden are now like, well, man, all I, all I see with this service or this tool is just problems. You know, I know you think that this is helpful, but like, I just see problems. Okay, well, let's talk about those problems then. Let's actually care enough about where people are coming from to hear those concerns and then to care about those concerns, those past experiences. In the context of healthy creative ministry, this one is such a problem for so many And I find that many times we ignore it. Somebody comes to you and they've had a bad experience with communications in the past. They've had a bad experience with productions in the past. They come to you and they say, all right, well, I need to have this thing done. Well, they're coming to you with their experiences in hand. The bad reputation that they have of you in in their mind, based on those experiences, every, every piece of the interaction is filtered through those things. If we ignore those past expectations, we're never going to be able to overcome them. Instead, in caring for them, we overtly call that out. Hey, look, I I know that we have dropped the ball for you in the past. I just want to apologize for that. I'm sorry that that has been your experience with us as a team. I just want you to hear from me. I'm going to commit to do the, the best job I can in order to help this project get done without issue, without any problems at all. So if you see something and it's not going right, let me know. Just know that I'm here to help support you in this. What we're doing in this is we're acknowledging that they have in fact had valid experiences of this ministry in the past and that that is going to cause them a little bit of doubt or a little bit of hesitation when it comes to change. Now, the other thing that I would say here is that we can't overcome these things if we are not actually delivering on the promises that we are making. And so this is a little bit of a nuance here. Are we creating new problems for them to have as past experiences? (laughs) Are we promising a certain result and not delivering? There's a little bit of us making sure that we're actually talking about the things that we're going to be doing correctly. So if I'm asking a leader to change, am I trying to entice them to change with promises that I don't actually know I can keep. If I tell them that having an LED wall is actually going to double attendance, do I know that? Can I deliver on that? I mean, I'll just tell you from this side, it won't. It's not the catalyst for a work of God in the hearts of people. So be careful what you're promising because you may be setting people up to have a bad past experience in the way that you interact. And then one final note on this experience idea it doesn't mean that they've had a bad experience with you or even with your specific team. Leaders that come in from another organization may have had a bad experience with that communications team. They may have had a bad experience with that productions team. They may have had a bad experience in the way that they've interact with a different group of people. And now that has informed the way that they view all of those types of teams. So sometimes you are up against a wall that is not of your own building. But, but again, that's where caring about these past experiences becomes so powerful and so effective for us to lead change, 
because it lets us acknowledge those things, see those things, and then make the appropriate adjustments. For many of us, we're not dealing with a, a level of baggage like these past experiences or even hyper-concerned ministry leaders. A lot of times, we're actually just not doing a very good job of helping leadership understand how this change is relevant to this organization. I used to struggle a lot with this early in my career. I would approach the problem by leading with the solution. Oh, I'm telling you guys, Facebook is such a great tool for this. Facebook groups are coming out. I think that they can be so helpful for this. What I was actually doing is I was actually elevating the technology that in many cases I was way more connected to than leadership was. Leadership wasn't involved in social media. So if I bring up social media as the solution to something, all they're gonna hear is social media, don't like it, no thanks. When I shifted my approach and I started saying things like, I think we can accomplish the mission by leveraging Facebook, the nature of the conversation changed. What they heard was mission. I had a wonderful conversation with a ministry team not too long ago. It was the entire pastoral staff that were gathering and we were talking about a new initiative for them in terms of leveraging social media in a way that they hadn't before. The room goes quiet and the pastor raises his hand sort of and says, Matt, tell me what we would be missing if we weren't on social media. So I talked for a little bit about the potential value of being on social media, not a guarantee, but potential value. And at the end of it, he said, you know, I don't want to be the leader that says no to something that has the potential to reach people for Christ, even if I don't prefer that method myself. So let's consider what it looks like for us to move forward from here. What was powerful to me was that he was acknowledging that he didn't like the tool. And I don't blame him, to be honest. Social media is a really complex beast these days. But what I appreciated is that the mission overrode his preference. He was willing to pursue the mission. He was willing to be in a space that maybe he didn't feel the most comfortable in order to help people come to know Jesus. So when we lead with the mission, what we're doing is we are emphasizing that this is the driver of our decision, not the technology. It's not about the VR goggles. It's not about you know the new feature in Facebook or whatever. This is about accomplishing the mission. And then the last thing that I would recommend, and this is a tough one because this is eating a slice of humble pie, as they say. I don't know who says that, but <laughs> I've heard it and I love it. Accept that you might be wrong. So a lot of times we get really excited about these new initiatives that we come up with, this new social platform, this new strategy to dancing in the hallway to get more views. But, but what if we're wrong? Like what if our idea isn't actually a good one? Don't become so zealous about these new initiatives that we are willing to burn bridges today. Something that I've noticed as I've been in ministry for, for a while now, the things that I was excited about earlier in my career, and I would have bet on, I, I, you know, I would tell the, the leaders in my organization, if you guys aren't paying attention to this stuff, you're really missing the boat. And in 10 years, it's going to be a problem. On some of those, I was right. But man, I cannot tell you how many of those things I was wrong about. A lot of them. And, and in some cases, it wasn't even an obvious wrong. I used to push really hard for us to lean in aggressively into social media. And you know what I found over the years? My opinion on social media has changed. 
I think that too many of us are approaching social media in a non-strategic way. So all we're doing is investing a whole lot of time and a whole lot of resources, and we are not seeing a measurable difference in the bottom line of what we're trying to accomplish. And in some cases, we don't even know what we're trying to accomplish. So that's just an example of maybe we're not right. Maybe this initiative isn't actually as easy to accomplish as we thought it was. Maybe our congregation won't resonate with this as much as we think. Maybe everyone in our congregation doesn't have the latest technology at home. And so us being pioneers technologically is actually missing the entire group of people that we've been called to serve. So as you're having these conversations, it's really important to remain humble and to remain open-handed with these ideas. I would encourage you to change your mindset from I need to pitch the latest initiative to I need to seek wisdom from leadership on the best way to accomplish the mission and see if this new initiative, if this new technology, if this new thing that's emerging might be a part of it. When you shift to the perspective of seeking wisdom, it actually puts you in a really good spot to be a partner with ministry rather than an advocate for the latest technology. After all, you're in the church to help the church grow Christ followers, develop people, worship together, and share the gospel with the lost world. You're not on a church staff in order to try to convince them to buy the latest gadget or sign up for the latest service. So that's how I would answer the question, how can I encourage change to change resistant leaders? Thanks for listening to this episode of the Healthy Creative Ministry Podcast. This podcast is just one of the ways Lunchtime Heroes can help you build a healthy creative ministry in your church. Stay up to date on the latest by signing up for the Creative Bites email at lunchtimeheroes.co. 